create with France Sydney. Hello everyone, welcome to the show. Today we are celebrating 100 episodes of Create with France. So I'm really excited to have a very special guest today, a very, very um, educated person that has a lot of achievement and is a PhD candidate, TEDx speaker and coach and author and a cancer survivor. I mean, this is also an expert in communication. So what else? We need a name. Her name is Jennifer Arvin Furlong. Did I pronounce this correctly, Jennifer? Yes, you did. Thank you. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. 100 episodes. Wow. Um, I'm honored to be your guest for the 100th episode. That's amazing. It's just great. So I need now the candles and the cake and all the stuff, you know? That's right. (laughs) Celebrate. So guys, uh, we're going to talk about communication today. Let me tell you a little bit more about Jennifer from her own bio. And she's the founder and CEO of Communication 24-7 and much more. Also, she has a 24-7 podcast, so we have a fellow podcaster here, and she's the author of a mini handbook for jackasses, communication and relationships, because she is a communication expert. So she has 30 years experience in being a communication specialist, and also as a professor, 18 years of that. So she has a lot of stuff that she can share with us in this half an hour, and she does help people to... Uh, discover what are the strong points in their communication so they can adapt it to the way the other people communicate and so that we can become more confident and um, maybe be a more dynamic public speaker as you say in your bio and then um, she always says because I'm you know first generation college graduate marine veteran and I'm like she's like uh, the person they will not accept I can't I can't do this <laughs> right you, that's right that's right <laughs> okay so, I would love to start straight away asking questions after questions after questions, but first let me introduce something, because we have been talking a lot about building up our life, creating the life that we want, because a lot of people live a life that they don't want, and then they reach the age of 30 to 50 and they're looking back and say, I wish I hadn't spoken of that to my husband, I wish I hadn't spoken of that to my child, my boss, etc. I wish I didn't come out as shy or as rude or as whatever. And so the way we talk is very important. And in the past five or six episodes, I've been working particularly to help people who want to present themselves in cameras and make videos to present maybe their family history or talk to their own family and just chat with other people and be nice. Or even better, people who want to make a video and sell their product with this video, sell their book, sell their recipe book, um, their services. And this communication is so hard because we do not have the confidence. We think we are not very good at that. So do we have to be born like a very good and experienced speaker? Or is this something that we can change if we are born like an introvert can we change that so here is my big question and it is all your turn now to talk (laughs) uh well um you know there is no doubt that there is the perception that there are some people who are just naturally gifted 
at speaking, right? They're either naturally gifted at communicating and creating relationships with others, or they're naturally gifted at getting up on the stage and they're this dynamic public speaker. But I can assure you that there's a lot of time and effort and practice that goes into all of those things. So the answer to your question is communication is a skill just like any other skill. We have to work at it to get good at it. And, um, you know, there's no magic answer to all these different situations that we find ourselves in. You know, the, the key to being a skillful, skillful communicator is to be able to read the different situations, adapt your communication style to the diverse other communication styles that are out there, and to remain flexible, you know, with that. Um, I know authenticity is a word that is used a lot now. And in some instances, I, I personally feel that it's a word that's overused. But the one thing that will hold true, whether you're on a stage or you're having a conversation one-on-one, -on -one, is that the other person has the perception that you are invested, you know, in that communication act. They want to feel that you are focused on them, that you are truly listening, that you are engaged. And even if you're the one talking, you're still focused on them, you know, in that moment. So um, even if we are absolutely fearful or we believe we are terrible at communicating, and I know a lot of introverts um, have that sense of fear or they have that sense of, you know, I'm just not good enough. I, you know, I can't do this kind of thing. Walking into a big room and communicating with a bunch of people. Yes, you can. There are just different tools and techniques that we use in order to adapt to us because I am an introvert. Um, you know, I've learned to adapt that to different situations. So you can learn to switch it on and when you need to and switch it off when you need to. Well, that's amazing. So there is a hope, there is a glimpse. So what happens then if, if I am there and and I'm, I really want to make a video because I, I, I don't know, maybe I am a coach or maybe I am, I don't know, selling a very good course, a raw food course, I don't know. And I want to be on video because I know that videos are very thing that will attract people's attention. But every time the camera turns on, Suddenly, my vocabulary becomes a hundred words. I'm tight here. Maybe I'll forget everything I have to say. And there are a lot of people who end up doing course after course after course, and we still can can do it. So, what, do you think there is a block there or something? Well, there can be a block in terms of our perception of speaking to a camera. Uh, for some reason, it can be a really challenging thing to. You know, like I'm looking right into the camera right now. And it's weird because when we're communicating with others, we're used to being able to see their facial expressions and their body posture and their hand gestures. And and even if we don't have a camera that's present, you know, if we're just talking on the phone, at least, you know, we know that we have their attention. At least we're thinking we have their attention. So it's kind of weird, you know, looking into that camera. But that's another one of those things that you just have to train yourself to do. You train yourself to look directly into the camera and just envision that whoever is in that audience, whether it's just one other person that you're Zooming with, or if it's a webinar and you're the presenter for that webinar and there's 150 people who are present, 
then you just have to envision that that audience is behind that camera. And just like with day-to-day -day conversation, right? Everyday conversation, um, you want to make a connection with that person or those people that you're having that conversation with. And public speaking, whether you're on a stage or whether you're in a Zoom call, doing things through video, um, it's the same idea. You wanna make sure that um, whatever the message is that you're sending, that it's coming from you. It's coming from your heart. It's not anything that has to be, I never recommend um, trying to memorize, you know, an entire pitch because you want to be able to have enough flexibility in your speaking that you can interact, you can adapt, you know, uh, to your audience. And if they have questions or if you find that maybe they're not quite understanding something that you're explaining to them, you need to be able to have that flexibility to be able to go back and re-explain, address questions, you know, and all of those things. So a lot of it is your perception, you know, that fear that we have of public speaking. Um, we think that whatever it is that we're going to say is not going to be good enough when in fact the people who are there watching you they're there because they want to hear what you have to say they're watching your video because they're interested in whatever it is that you have to say um so i'd say that's the first step you know in in being mindful of the stories that we're telling ourselves oh i don't you know whatever i have to say is it's not going to hit right or they're not going to understand it or you know a million negative things that we're thinking in our head and the bottom line is look, they're there because they want to hear from you. Um, and another thing is don't expect perfection. You have to give yourself permission to be human. We connect with other humans. We don't connect with robots um, unless they're robots that have human characteristics, right? So, you know, that would be the second thing I would recommend is just be mindful of um, not putting too high of an expectation of perfection for yourself because it doesn't matter who is doing the presentation. Everybody who has been doing this for a long time understands that there is no such thing as a perfect presentation. People may think it's perfect because they don't know what you practiced. They don't know what you intended to say. They didn't know how you intended to behave, you know, during that video or during that presentation. As far as they're concerned, everything you did was all a part of the plan. Uh, so you have to give yourself permission to be human. And if a mistake does happen, don't call attention to it. Move on. It's likely they didn't even notice it. So a lot of this stuff is just, it's in our head. It's the things that we tell ourselves, you know, we start believing in, in these things. So we have to reframe that narrative. Mm. So really we are still our worst enemies. Oh yeah, absolutely. The enemies, not the <laughs> no one is going to critique your presentation harder than you will. Aren't we terrible? We should throw ourselves out on the place and allow the audience to just enjoy because even if we make mistakes, that's not the point, isn't it? And the majority of us are not giving TED Talks. We are just talking to people, maybe small presentations, and some really freeze completely. Or maybe there is nobody, there's just you and the camera, 
and you're talking and there is nobody there. So why are we freaking out? It's just incredible. <laughs> so I really think you're right. If you keep training, you will get better and better and better. And um, I remember quoting this to one of my friends last week from a, from an illustrator. Now I can't remember the name and I don't want to go online to get him, but he's a, he's a comic illustrator. He said something that in a way or another has been said before. And he said, the difference between the master and the novice is that the master has failed more time than the novice has tried. And um, That's right. That is right. Yeah, it was quite... I think it was all about drawing and art, but I think it does apply to a large variety of situations, and especially when we're talking. It's not that when you're born, you can talk perfectly to everyone. You have to learn how to talk from scratch. And so as we practice the art of talking and really communicating... And not talking in an empty chamber, but relating to the others, we get better. Uh, tell me a little bit more about this active listening then. So when we're listening to people and we want to give them this idea, we are listening, even if we don't agree, but we're listening. So how is a communication better when we know how to really communicate instead of just talking too much or talking too little? How, how do the relationships change when we communicate better? Oh, um, I, I would argue that listening is the most important skill to develop as a communicator. A lot of people will focus on, you know, well, how do I uh, address my message? You know, how, and, and they want to worry about the language that they use or the nonverbals that they're displaying. Um, but really, at the end of the day, in order to be an effective communicator, the best communicators are the best listeners. And in order to be an effective listener, it's no secret that the human animal is a terrible listener. I mean, we're naturally terrible listeners. The research shows that even when we're trying to listen, like we're paying attention to what's going on, we're paying attention to the words and we're taking it all in, we're still only getting half of what's coming at us, half, 50%, five zero. So there's a lot that even when we're paying attention, we're not getting. And so just like I said earlier, that communication is a skill just like any other skill, you got to work at it. Uh, listening is no different. It's also a skill that you have to work at it. So in order to work at that skill, though, we have to understand that different situations require different listening styles. So for example, if you are a person like myself, I am naturally a critical listener. When I listen, I tend to pay very close attention to evidence. You know, I want to know where the evidence came from. I'm listening very closely to the tiny details of the story that's pre being presented to me. And I'm thinking about conclusions, you know, as I'm listening to something, especially if it's an argument, I'm, I'm actively paying attention to all of those things so that I can come to a judgment. Um, and this is an excellent way um, this is an excellent skill to develop, you know, number one, if you uh, want to be able to persuade others, you know, or if you want to become a more savvy consumer of communication and you're listening to um, politicians, you know, deliver their, their speeches. Um, so it's a very useful tool, but 
you can't always operate in critical listening mode all the time, especially in your personal relationships, um, whether they're romantic relationships or they're just friendships, whatever it is. Because sometimes somebody might come to you and they want to complain about something, right? They're crying about something, they're upset about something, and they start expressing their frustration to you. The worst thing that you can do is have that critical listening ear. And then at the end, when they're done, you start straight away giving them advice. Well, have you tried this? Or why didn't you do that? Or how about next time do this? Now, I will freely admit that this is a skill that I personally am constantly working on because I am in critical listening mode so much. So I have to, when someone comes to me with a problem, I will absolutely stop and I will ask them, are you sharing this with me because you need me to help you solve the problem or do you just need me to support you? I will keep my mouth shut and support you. And if they say, no, I'm just blowing off some steam. I'm like, okay, go for it then. You go right ahead, blow off the steam and I'm gonna support you emotionally. I'm gonna tell you, you're, you know what? I can see why you would be angry at that. Or you know what? That makes a lot of sense that that would bother you that much. You know, I'm gonna be in your corner um, and give you that, that type of emotional support that you're looking for. So you can quickly see how, if you don't understand how to switch different listening styles, depending on the situation, that right there can cause a huge problem between you and, and whomever else is involved in that communication. Yes, mm -hmm. I can see that because just imagine if your husband or wife or mom or dad came to say something, And then, and then everything they say, you say, where's the evidence for that? Oh, and some people operate in that mode all the time. And then they wonder why their wife is always mad at them or, you know, why their best friend doesn't want to call them anymore, you know, with their problems. <laughs> well, that's why you have to be mindful, you know, of, of the type of listening that you were using when you're in these different conversations. Mm -hmm. And so this is like a, an odd question coming to me because I see there's a lot of debate online, on videos. It's on video when it happens to be discussed online. I won't make names. I won't, but there is so much, you know, punching and jumping on people's throat. And if they don't agree, everyone is shouting. They don't let them finish talking. Mm -hmm. They're just labeling them. You say one word and you're labeled as whatever mm -hmm. because you don't agree. And so there are a lot of people who maybe want to only listen to their own ideology, but they won't listen to anyone else. They haven't tried to be on the other side and they get really angry and they, they want, some of them want to keep that idea that they like, but they want to allow others to keep the idea that they don't like anyway, but they want to avoid the argument, but they feel like they're boiling they are erupting and this listening is killing them and i had a few discussions with friends that i cannot resist i have to tell them this is awful so what do you do if you want to be a skilled communicator but you completely and totally disagree with the other person what would, what can you do um i heard such a wonderful quote um 
from a woman named Marlene Chisholm, and she's written a lot of books around the area of conflict and conflict management. And one thing that she said to me was, disagreements do not destroy relationships, disrespect does. So that's a key difference right there. Um, Every relationship that we're in, and it doesn't matter if it's a personal or a professional relationship, we are humans. We are going to disagree. There is going to come a day, you know, especially if you work with someone long enough, or if you live with someone long enough, or if you're friends with someone long enough, there's going to come a day where you're going to have a disagreement about something because that's perfectly natural. You know, we, we're not going to agree on everything all the time. Um, so we have to get past this idea that, you know, in order to have a successful relationship or in order for our relationship to be okay, we cannot have any type of issues. We can't have any type of disagreements. That's not what a healthy relationship is anyway. Um, so we have to begin changing our perception that conflict is immediately a negative thing. Um, sometimes we have to have a conflict in order to get to the good stuff that's on the other side. You know, sometimes we have to challenge the status quo in order to be able to grow, you know, in order to be able to learn. If we're surrounding ourselves with people who are constantly agreeing with us on everything all the time, then we're just going to become stagnant and we're not going to be able to relate, you know, with, with anyone. So, you know, I think that that's the thing is we have to make sure that we're our perception of conflict. We need to change that. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, we get to a lot of good through that conflict. The key is learning how to manage that conflict in a healthy way. And that's when, if we begin interjecting, um, a lot of logical fallacies, you know, and then we start uh, throwing a bunch of name calling in there and, you know, there's accusations. And like Marlene said, you know, you, you start disrespecting the other person um, rather than having a logical argument, you know, with that person. So we have to take a, a moment, take a step back immediately when you begin getting into an argument is Take stock of how you're feeling in the moment. Just acknowledge that you're having this fe these feelings and think about how are these emotions impacting my ability to communicate what it is that I'm wanting to say effectively, because it is having an impact on how you're communicating. And then also acknowledge how the other person might be feeling. What are the emotions that you think they're going through in this moment? Because just like those emotions are having an impact on your ability to communicate, I guarantee you they're also having uh, an impact on their ability to communicate. So you have to kind of just slow down a minute, acknowledge that, and then start asking questions. If they say something, instead of assuming that they meant it one way, check you know, check your understanding. You know, if I'm understanding this correctly, um, this is what this is what I'm thinking you're meaning by this. You know, so you have to be able to be willing to to ask questions and allow the other person the space to be able to explain 
what it is that that they're either uh, believing in or you know what it is that that they're they're wanting you to understand so fervently you know because at the end of the day that's what it is the frustration is they're wanting you to understand um, what it is that they're talking about and we can come to an understanding without agreeing that's another thing um, understanding where someone is coming from does not mean that you're agreeing with their opinion you know on on any particular subject so that's also uh, something very important that I think everyone needs to get back to that understanding uh, when we're dealing with conflict. That's great and also very clear. Thank you so much, Jennifer. That is so useful. Also, wanted to add a little appendix. Mm -hmm. um, appendix? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the Italian in me coming out with a new word. And I was just thinking, you know, everything that we do is connected to the values, what is important to us. So there is always an underlying mean to an end, you know, and so I'm not buying the motorbike because I like engines. I like a motorbike because when I'm on the motorbike and I fly into the horizon, <laughs> almost at the speed of a light, I feel free. So the motorbike is just my way of feeling free. So the mother saying to the child, ah, oh, you're never going to get a motorbike. You're saying to your child, you're never going to be free. Mm -hmm. And so they have to start communicating immediately. What do you get out of a motorbike? What is it you're looking for? And so the good question that I would hope I always remember to ask to others is what is important for you in this? We are opposites. But what is the important thing for you? Was it because you wanted to preserve a family relationship or your health or your job? Were you protecting somebody? And sometimes when we ask what is important for them, we start understanding a lot better and that fire comes down, isn't it? Uh, doesn't it? And um, today my English is just going. <laughs> 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 but it's okay because you know, I don't edit this out. It just stays as it is, as a record. And then in 20 years when my English will be amazing, I'll be an excellent <laughs> communicator. But meanwhile, I'm doing podcasting because, you know, I have to encourage all the foreign speakers that they can hold the podcast and even go to 100 episodes. Yeah. Even if this is not their native language, it's not about being perfect, That's but it's right. about communicating what That's they want right. to, to communicate. And mm -hmm. then if they don't agree, they can simply turn it off or just say, thank you very much for your opinion and um, I, I beg to differ but that's okay you know we're still friends and um, that is it's a very good thing to remember mm -hmm. so thank you I am about to close so we need maybe a couple of minutes to wrap this up just remembering how important communication is in everything not just in our videos but in our everyday life And also, there isn't just communication with words, but the body language and the actions that we take, they make people feel something. So we might say, oh, I totally support your love for whatever hobby you have, but then we make sure the other person doesn't have the time to pursue the hobby because we are making them work longer in the office or whatever, then our communication is futile and very superficial, you know. So there are lots of aspects to this, and we could be talking for the whole day, But if you had to give like one tip to a person that wants to improve communication, what would you say? The one tip would be to um, employ the platinum rule. 
And the platinum rule says to treat others the way they want to be treated. Um, if you focus on the platinum rule and it requires you to put ego in the back seat and um, it requires you to focus on the individual and recognize um, and, and just try to reach for that understanding. So that would be my one piece of advice. Follow the platinum rule, treat others the way they want to be treated. And that's going to be a huge step in the right direction in becoming a more effective communicator. Very good. I grew up uh, you know, with the old Bible and it says, treat others in the way you would like to be treated. Mm -hmm. Also think about how they would like to be treated. That's right, yes, so, yeah. Find that balance. That's great. So tell me where we can find you if you want to learn more about communication from, you know, from the professional point of view. Where are you? Sure. My website is www.communication247.com and the numbers are spelled out communication247.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. So if anyone wants to reach out via LinkedIn, I'm on there a lot. Um, I'm also on Twitter. If you look up Jennifer Arvin Furlong on Twitter, you can find me there, um, as well as I have my podcast, the Communication 24-7 podcast, where we communicate about how we communicate. That's the whole focus. Um, so if anyone wants to contact contact me through my website or through social media um, or you know listen to the podcast, uh, I am more than happy to make that connection. And um, yeah. If anybody's uh, interested in hearing more, just reach out to me. I would love to be able to answer any questions that you have. That's brilliant. So thank you so much, Jennifer, for being with us. And I hope that you guys have really enjoyed this episode and you will treasure up all these words of wisdom so that your communication skills will improve. And if you want to know more, you know where to get Jennifer. So. It's not going to be difficult because we're going to put some links under all the posts and everything and we're going to tag her and everything else so you know where she is and you know what I am. So please, if you like this episode, click like, share it with a friend, share it with all your friends, post on your timeline, write a review on Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, YouTube so that even more people can learn things like improve their communication, whatever else there is to create the life that you really want. And one of the big things that we do is create an amazing life by communicating nicely with ourselves and with the other people. So thank you, Jennifer, and I'll see you soon. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you, everyone, for being with me. And I'll see you next week. Take care and bye-bye. Bye. You've listened to Create. Fran Sydney.